This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. Today we're going to be talking about worship. Worship from a Christian perspective. There are several definitions and ways of thinking about worship. It's a bit hard to tie down, to be honest, because it's intertwined with love for God and obedience. Both love and obedience can be stimulated by emotions, but ultimately, worship comes from an act of the will. Prayer and faith are also integrated with worship. But what I want to do is talk about the basics of worship. Let's start with a couple of definitions. As a verb, worship is to honor and show reverence for a divine being, supernatural power, or object. As a noun, it is defined as a form of religious practice with its creed and ritual. This noun definition is exactly what I want to talk about and overcome. Real worship is not a religious practice with creed and ritual. Worship should be known as an interaction in an intimate relationship with a personal God. I want to make it clear here that I'm not saying God's a human being. He's a spiritual being. But he is an individual, a person, created, and he created us in his image. He therefore has a will, intellect, and emotions. He created us in his image for intimate relationship with him. And this relationship is closely related to worship. I believe that we have an innate desire to worship, and there will always be a person or object of worship in our life. We were created to know, enjoy, and worship God, and worship Him only. All other worship falls outside of God's created parameters and into the hands of His enemy, Satan. I remember a song Bob Dylan wrote many years ago uh, titled, Gotta Serve Somebody. In this song, he lists many different people and positions in life and reminds us that we will serve somebody. As born-again Christians, we have a choice. We can worship God. If not, we will worship somebody or something and miss our highest calling and joy. Bottom line, if we are not worshiping God, we are worshiping something else. It's a hard fact, but true. Right off the bat, in the Ten Commandments, God commands us to have no other God and instructs us not to make objects of worship, idols. Also, in Romans 1, we are reminded that worshiping any other object or person other than God is serious sin. And is a road to rejecting the only true God. Satan and the whole world system is working to secure our worship. When Satan was trying to throw Jesus off course, he eventually got to the point by tempting Jesus to worship him. Jesus, in turn, reminded Satan that it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only will you serve. All we have to do is look around us and see that all types of media and professional sports idols, money, fame, positions provide objects of worship. They are sought after, honored, glorified, 
and their talents, beauty, and abilities are praised and magnified. Stop for a moment. Survey your life. Acknowledge who is most important in your life. Who are you praising? Who are you honoring? Worship first shows up in Genesis chapter 18 when Abraham encounters three supernatural beings. The Hebrew word is translated to bow down, but the substance of the word means a heart attitude of humility in the presence of superiority. Another Hebrew word that is often used in the Old Testament means to serve. And the last one that I'll mention here, it means to fear. This is a deep reverential respect, understanding that God is the judge and he has the power and authority to back up his judgment. There are many other Hebrew words uh, translated uh, into worship, but these are a few that I wanted to mention. The English root word for worship comes from an old English word meaning worth. Therefore, worship can be defined as a recognition of worth. For us, the object of our recognition is given to our God and His worth. So throughout the Bible, we learn of the great worth of God, not only for what He has done, but also for who He is. The Psalms are full of direction and templates of worship. We are taught to come into His presence with thanksgiving, praise, sacrifice, offerings, done with a joyful heart. We are to humble ourselves, understanding His superiority. We can sing, shout, clap, make music, dance, physically bow down, kneel before Him. All of this to show the attitude of the heart. Why would we do this? Because we have a great God, and He has proven His worth in what He has done. For example, in the Psalms we are reminded that He is the author of life. He created everything, and He maintains it. He is loving. He is holy. He is right and just in all that He does. He brings wrath on evil. He is all-knowing, all-powerful. He's available. He hears and answers our prayers and provides salvation. All of this and more, more beyond our conception. Through worship, we glorify Him. He is worthy of our worship. I want to take uh, just a moment to make a very important statement at this point. God does not need our worship. That's right. God does not need our worship. All of creation shouts His praise. All of the angelic world worships Him. I believe that worship is primarily for us. First, in worship, we speak the truth, the reality of heaven and earth. Second, God knew that our highest achievement, joy, and fulfillment would be to discover Him. Yes, as we worship in accordance with the Bible, we speak or sing the truth about who God is and what He's done, even in difficult circumstances. As we humble ourselves, focus on eternal truth, we somehow open the door to the presence of God. 
our spirit, soul, and body line up with God's Word, and we enjoy God as He is. Maybe we have heard it said before, God inhabits the praises of His people. I believe this statement is true. His presence is our highest joy. He brings peace and fulfillment. I can't say it strong enough. It all starts with a heart attitude. We can physically spend time in worship. Let's say, uh, sing, rejoice, hear wonderful preaching, but not engage our heart and never truly touch worship. I have experienced this, leaving a time of worship just the same way that I had arrived. We must humble ourselves, quiet our spirit of all pride and selfishness through acknowledgement of who He is and what He's done for us. Speak and sing of His worth. Do so with a humble heart and enjoy the life-changing power of His presence. God calls us to be a living sacrifice in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, God required animal blood sacrifices, the innocent for the guilty. This was a representation or shadow of the coming ultimate blood sacrifice, Jesus Christ. So in Romans 12, we are called to be a living sacrifice, which is our spiritual worship. We are to separate our lifestyle from that of the world and renew our minds through worship. Bible study, prayer, and fellowship. In so doing, we develop a godly lifestyle separated from the world's ways and pleasing to God. Remember, worship is innate. It's part of our DNA, and it encompasses every part of our being, spirit, soul, and body. We should humble ourselves, worship, renew our minds, and conduct our affairs in accordance with biblical teaching. This is worship. I encourage you to go to the Psalms, for example, Psalms 92 through 100, and learn even more about worship. Engage in worship privately, corporately, and enjoy God and His very presence. Of course, there's much more to worship. So, if you have questions or comments, send me an email via my webpage, at thecleansoul.org. I'm Dennis Curtis, your host for the Clean Soul Podcast.